This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals only. Welcome back to another episode of the Diabetes Knowledge and Practice podcast, bringing you news, views and updates in diabetes care. Today's episode is supported by an educational grant from Eli Lilly, Merck Sharp and Dome Corp and Novo Nordisk AS, who have had no influence on the content or the choice of faculty. As always, I'm Emma. And I'm Liam. Following on from the previous episode, we're exploring optimal ways to help people with diabetes reduce their risk of cardiovascular disease. Given the multifactorial nature of these conditions, it's essential to include colleagues from other specialties to help provide a comprehensive interdisciplinary plan that helps patients optimise self-management. With this in mind, today we're joined by renowned cardiologist Professor Lars Redain to discuss collaboration opportunities for healthcare professionals in both diabetes and cardiology. Professor Redain is Senior Professor of Cardiology at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm and a past president of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC. He also chaired the task forces of the 2007 and 2013 ESC Diabetes Guidelines developed with the EASD and has focused much of his research on cardiovascular disease and diabetes. His disclosures are available in the episode notes. Thank you very much for joining us today. So firstly, of all the people you see in your clinic for cardiovascular conditions, how many typically also have diabetes? Uh, Well, um, it depends, of course, on which type of people I see. But I think you refer essentially to people with uh, cardiovascular disorders like uh, acute coronary syndromes, myocardial infarction, stroke or peripheral artery disease. And it's well known uh, and shown originally, I think, by our group that uh, about 20-22% of them have diabetes known already. So if you take a history, they can tell you they have been informed they have diabetes. The problem is the rest of the patients. And uh, if you make an appropriate test on these patients who do not know that they have diabetes or something similar, about 66%, two-thirds of them, have glucose perturbations. And uh, maybe 20% or so have uh, diabetes as we diagnose it now, and uh, the rest of them have impaired glucose tolerance. But both these conditions, newly detected diabetes and impaired glucose tolerance, has a major impact on their future prognosis. So they are important conditions to detect and take under consideration for future prognostication and, of course, future management and treatment. And have you ever made a diagnosis of diabetes from someone presenting with a cardiovascular complaint? And if so, did you offer any management advice or did you refer the patient? Well, since I, since I have been working with uh, the problems related to and relation in between uh, cardiovascular disease and diabetes since many, many years, both clinically and research-wise, I have made that diagnosis many, many times. And uh, uh, of that follows also that since I am diagnosing quite a few patients like this, I have by the time uh, learned how to manage. So I, although I am uh, may my major specialization is in, in is cardiology i can uh, but i also have internal medicine and i can actually take newly detected diabetes under treatment 
I can give advice. But sometimes it's a little bit more tricky. Patients are a little, a little bit more refractory uh, against ordinary treatment. And then, of course, I have to take some help from my endocrinologist uh, fellows and, and uh, friends and, and refer patients. That happens. But usually I start and manage the treatment uh, by myself. Considering the other side of these comorbidities, do you have any advice for diabetes professionals who might be able to recognise and advise on cardiovascular disease where people present with diabetes? If I am a diabetologist, then I have to look for cardiovascular disease among my patients. And if I am a cardiologist, I have to look, look for diabetes or pre-diabetes in my patients because there is a tight relation between diabetes and cardiovascular complications. So if the patient go and see an endocrinologist, diabetologist first, they know about the glucose perturbation, uh, but they sh- should then look for cardiovascular problems in that patient because the combination makes the condition more serious and it has to be treated in a certain way. And if the patient starts to see a cardiologist and uh, uh, and have a cardiovascular disorder, the cardiologists have to understand that two-thirds of these patients, even without knowing that they have diabetes or the similar, they, they, they actually have glucose perturbations, so it should be looked after. And both parties, both the diabetologist and the cardiologist, need to take that into account because the combination makes the patient uh, less well uh, treated or, or uh, the prognosis worse if it is not taken into consideration that those two diseases goes together. Considering both sets of expertise and the overarching need to help people with diabetes to optimise their cardiovascular health, how do you think cardiologists and diabetologists should work together to best help their patients? If we go back in history a little while, Glucose lowering was the important part of treating diabetes and prediabetes, but it is not anymore. Glucose lowering is one important part of, of, of treatment, but the other important part is to protect people from cardiovascular disease. And that means that you have to have a multifactorial treatment, which includes a number of things like lifestyle adjustments, hypertension, treatment of hypertension, treatment of blood lipids, and also tobacco cessation, they should quit smoking. And then during the last few years, we have also get access to glucose lowering drugs that are cardioprotective, SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 receptor agonists. So the connections between us in cardiology and the our friends in diabetology need to be much tighter now than they used to be before. The diabetologists have to learn us how to manage high glucose and to use, uh, in particular, the new cardioprotective drugs in a sensible manner. And we have to learn them how to use other remedies like blood pressure lowering, lipid lowering drugs, etc., and so forth. It also means that some patients are a little bit more tricky and difficult to treat. And then I perhaps, although I ordinarily treat the patient myself, have to refer them to a diabetologist to get help with the glucose part of it. And the diabetologist may also be able to to manage most patients by themselves. But sometimes it's tricky 
and then it's good to refer to the cardiologist. But we should not forget another type of physician here, and that is the primary care physicians. They are actually taking care of most patients with type 2 diabetes, including those who have had a cardiovascular event before. So we also have to incorporate them. And this just indicates that to manage a patient with, uh, with diabetes, which needs uh, multifactorial treatment, then you also need to be, build a team around the patient. And nurse-based uh, diabetes clinic, led by and influenced by cardiologists and diabetologists, is a good solution to that. And it's also extremely important to bring in the patient. The patient has to do a lot of things, eat a lot of pills, take care of themselves. And if they are not well informed what they need and what they should do, then and understand that and accept that, then you can prescribe any pill without success. So it's a teamwork, actually. And with this sense of collaboration and teamwork you just mentioned, do you have any advice for diabetes specialists on how to approach their counterparts in cardiology so that they can initiate this interdisciplinary care? The interdisciplinary care can be reached in several ways. First of all, there should not be any watertight fences between the different disciplines, cardiologists, diabetologists, primary care physicians, physiotherapists and uh, nurses who are all taking care of these patients. They should communicate and it's very good if they have well-established uh, lines of how to communicate. They should meet maybe uh, at a, uh, some sort of, of telephone conversation or just meet uh, physical now and then and decide how they would to I w how, how they want to plan the care of their patients in the particular setting. The best examples of how things work uh, is when they put up a diabetes clinic, introducing both cardiology, diabetology, nurse care, physiotherapy, etc., in the same setting. And it doesn't really need to be physicians all the time. Uh, they should steer the treatment and, and the management. But uh, a lot of work can be done even by the nurses and the physiotherapists uh, to learn patients how to, to manage and what to do. And even adjustments of dosages, etc., can be done by the nurses. But regular care in a team is very, very important. And the team does not work if it doesn't really make up their minds about how to collaborate. So it has to be done before they start to see patients and it has to be re-established over and over again. Another very important part is referral from hospital care to primary care. Referral notes should be very clear. They should give what has been done to the patient and what is expected about targets, treatment targets, of, for, for example, blood lipids and blood pressure and, and so forth. And it should also be a suggestion on how to treat. And if, uh, if they cannot reach the, reach the targets, there should be an open connection back so the, uh, they can get advice or re, re, uh, return the patient to the hospital care for a while and then back again to the primary care. And do you have any other final remarks you'd like to make on this subject? Um, if I get the possibility to sum up what we have discussed here, it is actually collaboration, collaboration, collaboration to the benefit of patients. 
And this has been in particular uh, important during the last few years when we have had a success with development of drugs which both lower glucose and protects the cardiovascular system from further cardiovascular events. Today, it is possible to reduce mortality and morbidity among patients with diabetes. It is possible to prevent them from get cardiovascular complications by means of these drugs. But the appearance of these drugs also means that uh, the, the collaboration is very important because both people who are primarily in the diabetes field and primarily in the cardiovascular field need to understand each other's disciplines and make up their minds on how they together can do the very best for the patients. Thanks very much again for joining us, Professor Redain. This brings us to the end of today's episode. In summary, specialists in diabetes and cardiology should collaborate as much as possible to ensure people with diabetes receive the best possible care. This can be facilitated by a multidisciplinary and multifactorial approach to disease management and should also involve primary care physicians and nurses where appropriate. In the next episode, we'll be posing your questions to Professor Stephen Bain on the evidence around offering cardioprotective agents before risk factors develop. So if you have a question for Professor Bain on this topic, please send us an email at contact at knowledgeandpractice.eu or message us on social media. We'll put links to these in the episode notes, as well as links to our accredited educational resources. Thanks for joining us and do tune in for the next episode.